0: Hello, welcome to God's Pathway to Life for You. I'm your host, Dave, and today I'm going to talk about Ephesians, the city of Ephesians. We're going to get a little background information on Ephesians. What is the city of Ephesians? Where it's at? When was it built? Who built it? Who destroyed it? And what they do in that city of Ephesians. Well, today we're going to talk about that city of Ephesians and the, the environment that the Christians had to live in. So sit back and grab your Bible and open it to chapter 19 of uh, Acts, chapter 19, because that's where we're going to start. But first, before I start there, sit back and uh, enjoy this little bit of information to give you a context of the environment of Ephesia. Ephesian, a Roman city, founded in the 10th century B.C., abandoned in the 15th century A.D., at first, it was a Greek colony. It's located in central. It's located in the western uh, Turkey. It's a Gulf. It's a port city. It's it's by a large uh, seaport, so they have access to the sea, and uh, a lot of trade routes uh, run through Ephesians. In 129 BC, the Roman Republic took over the city, and they built big temples and uh, for other gods and stuff like that. They had 14 other temples in that city to 14 different gods. The main god for that area, the main uh, one that they uh, instituted in, uh, worship for was the god at the Temple of, Ar- of Artemis. The temple was so large and so huge that it was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. The city also had a large library of Celsus, It was the third largest library in the Roman Empire. The library had a mausoleum in it. The builder who built it uh, put his father in there, and the mausoleum then built the library for his dad. The city also had a theater theater that held 25,000 people. The city was destroyed by the Goths in 263. In Ephesus were 14 different temples of 14 different gods. The worship of Artemis is, was in everyday life, from the market, to banking. Part of the temple had to deal with banking. You could get a loan, or you could save money there, and the temple would get to keep the interest. The temple made money from keeping the interest of all the money and the business dealings that they handled. The temple also had uh, temple prostitutes, male and female, that worked for the temple. Once a year, the temple priests would grab the statue of Artemis, and they would drag it down to the water and uh, dip it in the water for rejuvenization, refertilization, and they would have a fertility festival at that time. And that that entailed a lot of debauchery, a lot of uh, drinking excessively, a lot of drunkenness, a lot of sexual immoralities, a lot of uh, a lot of things like that. I won't get into it, but you, you know where how bad it was. Okay, Ephesians was a special city. It had two temples in the city located, uh, one in the valley was for Augustus, divine built in the first century, and Domitian, emperor of Rome from 81 to 96, he had a statue, he was the second temple built there, was for Domitian Emperor of Rome he had a 50-foot statue and he claimed to be God all the emperors in Rome claimed to be God and asked to be worshiped as God and they would use names like Lord Master and God and once a year Rome would require a public statement of faith to the Emperor as God so once a year you would have to make a public statement saying that uh, the Roman Emperor is God so they lived in a in a very precarious time at that time, and uh, had a, to live in a pagan world in a pagan society. It's almost like the world that we're living in today. We're we're living in a pagan pagan world just like they are. Okay, so uh, now that gives you an understanding of the, the time that they're living in, in with a lot of uh, temple worshiping for false gods. A lot of debauchery, a lot of sexual immorality, a lot of drunkenness. I mean, they're basically living the 21st century like we are. And so uh, that gives you kind of understanding what the Christians had to deal with at, at that time. You know, Christians living in a pagan city, they couldn't go to the market because if they went to the market, they had at the markets they had uh, incense burners where you had to burn an incense to Caesar to say that Caesar is God. And and it was so it was a terrible time to live for for, for the for the Christians. I see. So see that the Christians were living in the middle of a pagan society with all kind of immorality Immorality was everything. Shopping, banking, worshiping false gods, temples, pagans, gods, statues for Roman emperors, emperors that ordered people to worship them. What a tough time to be a Christian. So when you read about Ephesians next time, think about what they they had to go through. I was reading from my script. Okay, chapter 19, uh, Acts chapter 19. We're going to get into this because uh, Paul wrote the letter to Ephesia. And so this letter, the chapter 19, kind of gives you a layout about Paul arriving in Ephesians and what he was doing at that time. So this also gives us a little bit of understanding of what was going on at that time. And so I'm going to go ahead and start this.
1: Acts 19. And it came to pass... while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coasts, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost, since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized— with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied.
0: Okay, stop right there. And Paul laid hands upon them, and the Holy Ghost came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Speaking in tongues is not speaking blah 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 gibberish. Speaking in tongues is not speaking gibberish. Speaking tongues is speaking is divine is it's going to be defined as this. The speaker speaking a language unknown to him. That's it. That's simple. Speaking tongues is the speaker speaking a language unknown to the speaker. It's like if I traveled to France and I spoke to someone in perfect French, but I didn't know the language or nothing, but everything that I spoke out, every word that I said came out in French. That's what was happening. When they were uh, speaking and, and sharing the word of God with other regions in that area, they were speaking the dialect for that area, for that region. They were uh, Jews from uh, the Galilee. They didn't speak or understand that language, so for them it was in tongues because they knew not what they were speaking, but the person, the listener that was listening to it understood perfectly what they were talking about. And prophesied. See, they had the ability to prophesy. They could tell forth the word of God. That's what that means, telling forth the word of God we're sitting on the end of time where we have a full, uh, completed Bible. At that time, they didn't have a full, completed Bible. They were creating the Bible as they were making it. I just wanted to let that, get that point out there.
1: And all the men were about twelve. And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one tyrannus
0: okay, stop, but when they were hardened and believed not, they spoke evil of the way before the multitude, and he departed them, so they didn't believe him. They told them that he were lying they didn't have they didn't want to understand him. And see, when you're lost and God hardens your heart, then you don't have understanding. And not having understanding, people can sit there, and and tell you about the Bible till they're blue in the face. And if your heart is hardened, it's not going to get through. You're you're just gonna it's just going to fall by the side, and you're not going to understand what's happening or what's being spoken to you. So it's important that you take that hardness off of your heart in order to understand the Word of God. If you can't understand the Word, it's because your heart is hardened. you got got too much of that uh, callus built up. You need to get that stuff off your heart. When you're talking about disputing daily in, in one of Tyrannus, Tyrannus was a school, or not really a school. Uh, picture of it, picture Tyrannus is an open market. A farmer's market, if you will, but not of goods, of food, or uh, wares, or items to be sold. No, more of a farmer's market of philosophy. You would go down to the Tyrannus market to hear other people spewing out philosophies from great philosophers. So when he went down to the halls of Tyrannus, he's talking about, you know, he's down there preaching the Word of God in these great halls of philosophy.
1: And this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. And God brought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the e- Stop!
0: okay what he's talking about this so that from his body were brought to the sick handkerchiefs or aprons that their deceit departed from them and the evil spirits went out of them what he's talking about is when paul was there in the in ephesus and preaching and ministering people would bring a, a rag a handkerchief or an apron a piece of clothing and, and paul would lay his hands on that piece of clothing and then it would take that piece of clothing, that rag, an apron, or whatever, and they would take it back to the ones that were sick and or a demon possessed, and the spirits would leave them, and the cure would go, the disease would go away, and they would be cured.
1: Evil spirits went out of them. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the lord jesus saying we adjure you by jesus whom paul preacheth and there were seven sons of one sceva a jew and chief.
0: okay stop these are professional exorcists they don't believe in jesus christ they don't have a relationship with god these are professional exorcists that's what they get paid for that's what they do they do this to get they get paid and so when they're going out trying to uh Uh, get the demons out it doesn't work for them
1: for the priests which did so and the evil spirit answered and said Jesus I know and Paul I know but who are ye and the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded and this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many that believed came, and confessed, and showed their deeds. Many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together, and burned them before all men, and they counted the price of them, and found it fifty thousand pieces of silver.
0: Stop! Okay, many of them also use curious arts. Curious arts, those are magic books. Wizards, warlocks, stuff like that. Uh, pagans, pagan books and stuff like that. They were very highly valued in ancient times for the knowledge that they contained. And so they would be passed down from generation to generation to generation. These are very sacred books. But when these people found that Christ was amongst them and found... Uh, uh, salvation and and grace, they took these books that were highly valued at that time and they destroyed them and burned them.
1: So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. After these things were ended, Paul purposed in the Spirit, when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia, to go to Jerusalem, saying, After I have been there, I must also see Rome. So he sent into Macedonia two of them that ministered unto him, Timotheus, and Erastus, but he himself stayed in Asia for a season. In the same time there arose no small stir about that way, for a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, brought no small gain unto the craftsman, whom he called together with the workmen of like occupation, and said, Sirs, ye know that by this craft we have our wealth."
0: Okay, this is where it starts to get interesting. <clears throat> okay, so Paul's in the Ephesians, He's preaching the word to everybody. People are hearing the word, and they're getting saved, changing their life, and they're stopped temple worshiping, and they're stopped buying the little statues that these uh, silversmiths make. See, anytime the pagans get into anything, and same thing for the Muslims, anytime the Muslims get into anything, religion is a money-making business. Think about this. Catholics that big big thing in Rome that big uh complex they have in Rome all that takes money to run that so it's all about money it's all about the money they always all about the money for a certain man they Demetrius the silversmith which made silver shrines for Diana brought no small gain to the crafts and said a good profit no good profit they're losing money
1: moreover Ye see and hear, that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this poor hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying that they be no gods which are made with hands, so that...
0: No gods made with hands. He's saying that, you know, if you make an idol, if you carve wood or stone or however you make it, it's not a god. It's just just an uh, inanimate object.
1: Not only this, our craft is in danger to be set at naught, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised, and her magnificence should be destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worshipeth.
0: So now he's saying that he's worried about the temple of Diana and that nobody's going to want to come down there and worship at the temple because they're all going to be turned into Christians.
1: And when they heard these things, they were full of wrath and cried out, saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesians! And the whole city was filled with confusion and having caught Gaius and Aristarchus, men of Macedonia, Paul's companions in travel, they rushed with one accord into the theater. And when Paul would have entered in unto the people, the disciples suffered him not. And certain of the chief of Asia, which were his friends, sent unto him, desiring him that he would not adventure himself into the theater.
0: Okay, what's happening now is that uh, the people of Ephesians have grabbed a hold of two of Paul's friends and uh, drug him into this theater and they're going to try to do something they're going to try to kill him or something and paul went in there to try to save his buddy but his other friends held him back and told him no you shouldn't do that it's going to be dangerous for you
1: some therefore cried one thing and some another for the assembly was confused and the more part knew not wherefore they were come together and they drew alexander out of the multitude the jews putting him forward and alexander beckoned with the hand and would have made his defense unto the people but when they knew that he was a Jew, all with one voice about the space of two hours cried out, Great is Diana of the Ephesians! And when the town clerk had appeased the people, he said, Ye men of Ephesus, what man is there that knoweth not how, that the city of the Ephesians is a worshipper of the great goddess Diana, and of the image which fell down from Jupiter? Seeing then
0: so he's saying that, you know, hey, you know, our whole town is known as famous for worshipping Diana, and the star that fell from the sky, some kind of sky, a star or meteor that fell from the sky, that they also worship in that city,
1: and then it'll... that these things cannot be spoken against, you are to be quiet, and to do nothing rashly, for ye have brought hither these men which are neither robbers of churches, nor yet blasphemers of your goddess. Wherefore, if Demetrius and the craftsmen which are with him have a matter against any man, the law is open and there are deputies, let them in plead one another. Stop! He's talking about taking them into court. He's saying the courts, and
0: uh, we could take him to court, and the courts will do this for us.
1: But if ye inquire anything concerning other matters, it shall be determined in a lawful assembly we are in danger to be called in question for this day's uproar there being no cause whereby we may give an account of this concourse and when he had thus spoken he dismissed the assembly
0: so after he got done talking to him he was able to convince everybody that if they continue at this riotous pace that they're going to be called into question and they're going to be ones that's going to have to answer in the court so that's when he disbanded the assembly and everybody went their way and uh, Paul has a little bit more to go, so we're just gonna play a little bit more. This is Acts, Acts 20. twenty.
1: And after the uproar was ceased, Paul called unto him the disciples, and embraced them, and departed for to go into Macedonia.
0: So that's what was happening at that time. You could see that, you know, he was doing a lot of work over there, and. Uh, everything worked it was working and god was saving a lot of people and people were being saved and lives were being changed and it changed it was changing the society and that's a that's a good thing to take away from us if we're coming to 21 minutes on this towards the end it, when you change your life and you decide to be a christian and you start walking in god's way and start living a christian life and start Looking for God's approval, and everything that you do and say, you see if this does this glorify God in what way and what manner. And when you do that, you start to change the society around you because people start to see that and they want to get part of that and what you have, and they want to find joy like you find. And so they're going to ask you, What are you doing that's different in your life? And that's when you tell them, Well, I become a Christian, and God has changed in my life. He has the power to change. Uh, these Christians, these people that were living in Ephesians, they were all pagans. They were pagans. Before Paul showed up, they were all pagans. They were worshiping in the temples. They were uh, doing the incense before they went into the stores. You know, they were doing all that. But after Paul showed up and brought salvation to them and told him about the life, burial, resurrection of Christ, that they changed their life and became more like Christ and started walking in their path, and they stopped going to the temples. They stopped buying the the uh, little statues, and it started to affect the society. So, yeah, when you change your life and you become a Christian and you start on your walk, you're going to change your life and the people around you's lives. It's it's the best thing that we can take away from the Bible, that when we, when we change our lives, we not only change our lives, but we bring people along. It's like a giant vacuum. Now, we ain't going to have time to get into Ephesians. I thought we would, but we're already 22 minutes into what I'm, we're doing now. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, start wrapping this up. Okay, so I got a call to action. Uh, we have a webpage. I started a webpage for the podcast. It's God's Pathway to Faith for viewing and leaving prayer requests. So go check it out today. And if you have anything to say, leave us a message. I'm working on content for the page, so if there's something you would like to see, let me know. Uh, where did I do with my statement? Oh, I got right now I got my prayer of salvation I'd like to say for those who are lost and are seeking Jesus and is wanting to give their life over to Christ. Now's your time. So get off the bench and let's let's do it because there, you don't know if you're going to have tomorrow or the next day, but what you do have is you have right now. So let's do this. Dear Lord Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that my sins separate me from you. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. God raised you from the dead, and I choose today by faith to invite you into my heart to take control of my life and be my Lord and Savior. I willingly choose to turn from sin and to turn to you. Please forgive me for all my sins. Wash me clean and give me a home in heaven with you when I die. Change me and make me a new person. Help me now to live for You. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Okay, now that you got your statement of faith. You're all sealed up. You're ready to go. And remember, you can. You, your salvation is one-time thing. You can never lose it because it's in the hand of God, and you can't take nothing out of His hands. So when those people tell you about lost and saved, lost and saved, lost and saved, don't listen to them. You're saved. You're saved by the blood of Christ. His salvation, his sacrifice is solid. There's nothing that can break that. And I invite you to church on Facebook Live Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, and again at 6.30 p.m. Sunday night, and again on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. And if you come, would you put in the comment section that you're from the podcast, so that I know that you're showing up? I'm asking for donations, for South Heights Baptist Church, there's a donation link on the website now, God's Pathway to Life. Faith. There's also a clickable link in the detailed description box for the podcast. Check out the detailed description box for all links and email information. I'd like to thank all the people that are listening to the podcast from around the world. We are growing in numbers. Keep coming back. Please tell people about the podcast and share the podcast so we can grow together in Christ with him as our leader. I'm so happy that you all are tuning in. And that we're getting a lot of uh people that are downloading. We're up to a hundred downloads now. So everything is looking great, and we're going to continue on this path. Okay, so that's all I have for today. And remember to say something nice to somebody you don't know because God said we are all strangers too, and he loved us so. Your friend in Christ, Dave. Bye.